This podcast is brought to you by Learn Prime. Hone your development skills at learn.thoughtbot.com. Hi. In honor of our 100th episode, I thought it would be great to take a minute to thank the people that have helped us get here. Going all the way back to the beginning two years ago when we were at Podcast Zero, uh, Chad Pytel and Edward Lovell came up with this original idea of having this crazy thing called a podcast. I don't think we would be here if they had not originally conceived of this, so we owe them a huge debt of gratitude. Thank you both. After that, we had Mike Manor helping us out, producing. That was a wonderful help. Thank you, Mike. And most recently, Tom Obarski has been producing editing, recording, doing everything required for this podcast. It's been a huge help. He's really cranked up our professionalism, and uh, I owe him a huge debt for that. Thank you, Tom. Excellent work. Keep it up. And finally, of course, we owe you a thank you. It is such an honor for me to be able to speak to all of you every week, to beam across the internet and get right into your earballs. That's wonderful for me. It's an honor. It's a privilege. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Here's to 100 more. Giant robots smashing into other giant robots. Hello and welcome to the Giant Robots Smashing into Other Giant Robots podcast. My name is Ben Orenstein and I'm here with Aaron Patterson for the 100th episode. And that amazingly enthusiastic sound you just heard is our live studio audience (laughs) who are here basking in the glory of Aaron's beard. Yes, it is a glorious beard. It is. Yep. I've been working on it for a very long time, about, um, oh, two weeks. <laughs> Don't take this the wrong way, but there's actually some gray yes, in the yes. edges there. It's true. How do you feel yep. about that? Uh, not super excited. Actually, that's why I'm growing the beard out, is I wanted to see what it looked like before I turn completely gray. I noticed we have kind of like two isolated areas. Is that like uh, Ruby and Rails? <laughs> exactly. How did you know that? I just two core teams. It just seemed to just fit too well. How have you been? So you, uh, I was commenting before, you were our 50th episode as well. We have this thing happening where like every year we're at RailsConf and you're here and we're like, let's get that guy. 50, so 50th time, last year was 50, so you're doing, you're only taking two weeks off per year? Is that it, so it actually was 52, right? Is that right? I think it was 52. But we're, this is like a more interesting round number, so we're going to call, I mean, this 100 is, ah, is okay. the thing. I'm actually surprised I was able to do that math while I'm right here. Like, <laughs> exactly. I have IRB over here if you need okay, it. Okay, perfect, perfect. Yeah. I can't believe we're actually here right now. You know they're serving beer. Oh. There we is could, free could, beer. Would you need one? <laughs> I would love a free beer. <laughs> I mean, we could probably have someone run and grab you a beer. No, 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 no. no. It's okay, it's okay. Although it, would make the, it probably would make the podcast more interesting. <laughs> to you, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I get more interesting to people after they drink a lot. Uh, yes, this is robot, giant robots smashing into other giant robots in the evening. <laughs> All right. Yeah. It's yeah, very tender. So you've been working on some stuff. Yep. I've been reading your blog a little bit. Yeah. Adequate Record is on the way, in the works. Yes, it is. Yes. Can you talk about that a little bit? So Adequate Record is a fork of Active Record that just has some performance improvements put on top of it to make the speed more adequate. Basically. <laughs> That's like you're almost selling it too hard. Yes, yes. We're aiming, we're aiming for like maybe one standard deviation outside the center of the bell curve there. Like that's, that's where you want right to be. Right there, the sweet spot. I think yep. this is actually a really, really good sales technique because uh, there's a saying I love, which is perception is reality minus expectations. Perce- uh, that's too much math. So if expectations are too, too high, okay. if expectations are too high, then your perception for the same reality uh, will be lower. Sure. Whereas sure, if you call yes. something adequate record and it comes out, and it's like, oh, that is that's a little faster. Yeah, you were that like, is oh, fast. that's cool. I wasn't yeah. really expecting much to happen there. Uh, I actually name I I enjoy the name more from an ironic perspective because everything else is like 
turbo this, active that. And I'm actually super tired of that type of stuff. Like, So then people find it humorous. Is this like adequate? It's yeah. just adequate. Is this a, a cry for help? Are you, are you burnt out of turbo and active? Oh, no. I mean, yeah, I kind of burnt out on rails. But, you know, like, it's okay. I don't mind so much. It's really just, just tired of like... I don't know. I'm tired of sales pitches, basically. I feel like I'm getting sold, like people are trying to sell me software. Just hmm. stop. All I care about is, like, does it work well? What, what's know? an example of that? Oh, are you kidding? Turbo links. Come on. Okay. Easy. Turbo? Why is it turbo? There's no actual car involved here. There's no turbocharger. Why is it turbo links? Gotcha. I can just hear my computer. Every time I click on a link, it's like, vroom, vroom. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. So I, I was looking back through my notes. This is your third time on, actually. Mm-hmm. You were even on on episode 19. Wow. So we've been catching you once a year pretty consistently. Mm-hmm. And at that time, my opening question for you was, when will you be announcing that you've gone to work for GitHub? Because this is the period where like every week, GitHub had like a blog post of like, we, we snapped up we somebody hired, else yeah, in the real world. We hired this person and that person. Yes. Still not at GitHub. Still not. No. No. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm super happy working for AT&T. I love it. You have kind of a gig that I think a lot of people would really like to have. Yes, I do. I am an open source developer. Mm-hmm. I work on open source all day. Yep. And AT and T was just like, this will be good for the world and us in some indirect way. Yeah, we worth- have. Well, we have Rails apps. I increase the productivity of the Rails developers at AT and T, and then that impacts our bottom line, making stuff cheaper. So mm-hmm. hopefully, I can work on stuff like adequate record and like improve productivity of the developers we have at work. So that's how it impacts our. Our bottom line. Yeah. But. Do you have reviews, like annual reviews, like performance reviews? I do, yes. Does the person that you do this with have, like, a, are they very, invo- very involved in open source? He is, he's very involved in open source, yes. I would say yes. Okay. I was I just wondering, like, because it feels like it might be, like, a weird thing to be evaluated on. Or like, it's like, you're, I'm not working on the things for us, I'm working on stuff for other people, and so maybe you don't really know what's going on or well, what you're doing. Well, I guess I'm probably super lucky. You know the, do you know Confreaks? Yeah. So the guy who owns that is my boss. Huh. He works for AT&T and like so his day job is his day job is AT&T and he's my boss there. So like he knows about everything I do. Gotcha. Like basically all of my work is on video. <laughs> sure, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you're on the, the circuit quite a bit. Yes. Have you doing any inter- interesting travel recently? Um, where was I recently? Yeah, I I traveled to Chicago. Uh, <laughs> was that like recently, recently? Yeah, yeah. It was very recently. Yeah, Chicago. Uh, where else was I? St. Augustine, Florida. Mm. It was very cool. I learned last night that you gave a talk in Japanese. I did. How was that? Uh, it was very good. It was good. I've given talks in Japanese twice. So actually, yeah, last week I was in Tokyo and gave a talk there, but it was not like only the opening was in Japanese. I did the rest in English because I have to practice. Like I have to practice for a very long time before I speak in Japanese like I basically have to write down the entire script before I can yeah. do the whole thing yep. I mean I'm just not I'm not good enough to think in a foreign language so mm-hmm. but yeah I've done it twice I have a thing coming up I'm going to do it hoping to do a talk in Spanish in about a wow. month and so I'm in the same thing where it's like I basically have to write it yep. and then like perform it 
as if I were thinking of it mm -hmm. on the fly because mm -hmm. I'm not at that point. Yes, I had to do exactly the same thing though. I'm like, I'm doing a lot better. I can make puns in Japanese. So like, that's an important milestone. Yes, it really yes, is. It's I mean, very important. <laughs> I forget. Like that was like the sign of mastery. Like first you like kind of under like you can he understand like if you someone speaks and then you can speak yourself and then like you get the jokes <laughs> and like jokes are, like the last frontier. Well, I have to think for a very long time about a very long time about the puns, but once they come, it's like it works and people laugh. So I'm like, yes. I'm not sure if they're laughing as a like courtesy laughs, <laughs> like the people here are doing. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> They're all paid. Thank quite, you, thank yeah. you, studio audience. I appreciate the support. <laughs> yeah. Thoughtbot is issuing them large checks after this. So, <laughs> so uh, before you got here, I asked people uh, what they wanted me to ask you. Oh, and so I have a question from the audience for you. Okay, this is sure. like, this might be like the first time we've done this, or at least audience question time. sounds great. Okay, yeah. yeah. So one of the people asked wanted to know sort of what your history was of getting into programming, like Ruby and Rails and all that. Ruby and Rails. Did you spring fully formed into the, the Rails community? <laughs> I was born programming Ruby. No, so actually my first gem release was nine years ago about, so specifically Ruby. I'll talk just about Ruby history because sure. this is the Rails, Ru we're, we're a Ruby and Rails podcast here, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Okay. Close well, we're, we're at a Rails conference. So we we'll sure talk are. About that. Uh, so I was a Java developer, and it was not fun. But before that, I was a Perl programmer. So basically, I was a Perl programmer, and then basically the dot-com crash happened, the, the big main scary one, and they were like, my boss is like, okay, you are going to learn Java now or you're going to find a new job. And I was like, I think I will learn Java. That sounds very good. <laughs> and so then I'm, I'm doing Java developer and I'm like, you know what? Perl 6 is gonna come out any time now. <laughs> and you're gonna be like, oh, Java sucks. We should go to Perl 6. So I'm sitting there waiting and then year after year it didn't come by. And a friend of mine was like, hey, you should check out this Ruby programming language. So I checked that out, and I was like, this is exactly what I wanted Perl 6 to be. So basically, I was doing Ruby development uh, in my spare time just for fun while I was doing Java development. Um, and actually, that was... I don't want to like bring down the podcast or anything, but that was like one of the worst times of my life. Oh, man. Seriously. Like, so I'm at, I'm at work, and this is before Java had generics or anything like that. So I'm like, just to iterate, like do a map. Imagine doing a map in Java. You're like, okay, create a new iterator thing. Well, it has a next. So then we're going to like, okay, now we'll pull out the thing. Now we'll call the method on the thing. Now we'll shove that thing onto the other thing. And then I'm like, I can literally do this in like, like half a line in Ruby. Just like so tiny. And sitting there doing that at work is like so depressing. Because yeah. you're like, I could have been done with this job by now. I could have been done with this. Yeah. So, yeah. It was so not... it was the promised land for you. Yes, yes, absolutely. You found an escape hatch. Yes, I finally, so I quit that job. Uh, at the time, I think I quit it, I got a new job in 2007, I want to say. 2007 is when I got my first Rails job. I took a 30% pay cut <laughs> to become a Rails developer. What, so you had no Rails experience, like no professional Rails experience at that nope, point. Zero. How did you sell that? Because I think some people are sort of in that same position where they want the Rails job, but they, they don't have the experience. Right. So this was, I don't know, I don't actually have a good answer for that. Because this was like, the way I got this job was uh, a bunch of people that I worked with at that company quit and started a startup. And then I was like, hey, can I come work with you guys? And they were like, yes, absolutely. We know you. For so, a little bit of money. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
Yeah. I was the first, so it's, it was terrible. Uh, I was the first employee. So there was the founders, the founders and, and, then, and then me, which meant that I was taking all exact, exactly the same risk as the founders, but for very little, you know, <laughs> very little investment in the company. But I got to code on Ruby, so I was, like, much happier. Yeah. So, so the, I guess the answer is then connections. Yeah. Which is kind of how it usually is, right? Yes. Yes. Making friends in, your, in the industry you want to be in is, is huge. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's important. I mean, I think that's a good reason to go to conferences is because you can, make, like, you can make a lot of connections, like go around and talk to people at conferences, find jobs, make connections here. Yeah. Honestly, I wish it weren't that way. Like, personally, I don't like the idea that it has to be done by connections. But, yeah. I mean, I guess that's the way, you know, it's one of the main ways we do it. So. Yeah. It's such an interesting world. Like, you had to make sacrifices to get your first Ruby job. I did, yes. Uh, because you kind of, more or less, you wanted it more than they needed you, maybe, at that point. And now, if you go look at the bulletin board, the jobs board, upstairs at the conference, it's there's, like, no room to add yes. more jobs there. Yep. And things have completely flipped. Mm -hmm. And it, it's interesting to see a community go from, none of us can get hired in this, and we're all doing it in our spare time because we love it, to none of us can hire Rails developers because yeah. they have so many options. I think it's actually awesome. It's a great problem to have, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I'm very happy about it. Yeah. One of the main reasons I like working on the Rails on Rails is because Rails is what gave me a job doing Ruby. Mm. And uh, I like Rails a lot because it allows people with a very wide range of programming skills to get jobs doing Ruby programming. Mm. And I want as many people to have, be able to get Ruby jobs as possible. So like, that's why it's so important for me to work on the framework, like make sure that it works well and that companies are adopting it for, yeah. for their projects. You want it to continue to be the killer app that lets exactly. people get into Ruby. Yes, yes. I love Ruby programming and I want everyone to be able to do it for their day job. Mm. So yeah, last time I talked to you, you were experimenting with Scheme. I was, yes. Are you still doing any of that? I am, yeah. How's it going? Uh, good. I mean, I have a few eggs. They're called eggs. Okay. <laughs> That's like the package in yes, Scheme? Yes, yes. Well, so I, I, I use a Chicken Scheme, and I think I mentioned this last year. You did. I use I use Chicken Scheme, and like everything in Chicken Scheme is a pun, so like it's totally my... Yeah, like, you're like, I'm home. Yes, everything's for me. Uh, but they have a thing similar to, similar to gems, but they're called eggs. Okay. So... <laughs> chicken eggs <laughs> so i have i have several of those but i don't know that any of them are very useful <laughs> okay but you're having a good time oh yeah yeah definitely you, i was wondering like if you you do programming for fun then like not like professional work yes. os or oss yep. contributions yep so you program during the day go home at night program, program more. more yes programming is my hobby yes yeah i love it so basically my two hobbies are programming and cooking ah we also have talked about your sausage making yep. in the past. Is mm -hmm. that still happening? Yeah, that is definitely still happening. Actually, I got... Well, I'm also doing stuff like pancetta, uh, bacon, mm. different different types of curing. And I actually... So, I don't know if you've seen in my talk, sometimes I say that, like, I, sometimes I have a, a slide that's, like, adequate industries, right? So, that's actually a company. I registered that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I have at home registered in Seattle adequate LLC, and the main reason I did that is so that I could buy pork products at wholesale prices. Ah. <laughs> so yes, the sausage making is still going. Yeah, it's going in bulk apparently. 
Well, I don't want to bore you with the details, but I can get super good deals on four products. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll have to, we'll have another podcast. Yes, just for yes. that. That sounds awesome. charcuterie podcast. That sounds like fun. Did you bring any? To the no, no, okay. I didn't. But you want to mail me some, maybe? I don't think that's legal. <laughs> Aren't you an authorized uh, LLC now, so you can like do this? I guess you're legally so. protected if you do. Maybe, yes. At least. Yeah, I'm legally protected. Okay. We'll just like fold the company. Seems fine. That's right. <laughs> right. No deal. They can't I can come do after your assets. Yeah, I'll, I can do anything illegal. It's totally fine. Just fold the company. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> no problem. Why not? It's like a shell corporation. <laughs> yes. You can also do like patent trolling. Yes, totally. So, I messed up the company. Okay, like uh, Yehuda in his keynote was talking about was talking about how like you have certain amount of cognitive load that you can deal with, like it's a type of battery or something, and that drains over time. So, I'm sitting there online trying to fill out the business like the business license thing, and it's a super long form, and there's all this different stuff. And my like as soon as I encounter stuff like that, my eyes just kind of glaze over, and I'm like. Uh, just fill in the form. So basically, my strategy for that type of stuff is you just keep filling in the form until and hitting submit until, until the validation it, it actually passes, right? And then I figure like, okay, I finally made it. And then, especially if they take money, like if they take your money, then it's like done. I mean, right. if they're taking your money, you have to like. Obviously, this means that you did it right, right? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> So I did this, and then maybe like 10 months later, I get an email from somebody from Washington State saying, hey, uh, <laughs> your business is messed up. There is something wrong Yo. with it. And I'm like, well, I don't understand. I paid you guys money. Everything should be fine. And they're like, no, you, they explained all, this thing, all these things to me. And I was like, I, I have to tell you, I really don't know what I've done wrong. I honestly have no idea what I'm doing. And... She responds to me and says, well, uh, you've put the cart before the horse and like all this other stuff. And, you know, she's like, have you made any money with the business? And I didn't want to admit to her what I'm actually doing, like why I actually have this business license. And I'm like, no, no money. I don't do anything with this business at all. And she says, OK, can do you mind if we uh, just close down the corporation? And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. I don't care. Just close it down. So she closed it down. Well... I thought she closed it down, but then a month later, I got a letter saying, like, hey, would you like to renew Adequate LLC? And I was like, yes, I would. Check. <laughs> so I think I'm going to be getting another angry email in about three months. <laughs> gotcha. But while until you do, those sweet, sweet bulk prices. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yours. Absolutely. What are they going to do? Well, I guess there's a lot of stuff they could do, but... <laughs> It is the government. <laughs> yes, exactly. They have options. I think so, yeah. So um, what did you think of the keynotes this week? Well, so DHH's keynote gave my eyeballs a really good workout. I was I could roll them a lot. That, <laughs> <laughs> that, Go on. Worked, that worked out very well. Uh, no, no, his keynote his keynote was fine. Um <sighs> I think he says stuff in very extreme, extreme ways, but it's more like if what he said wasn't, well, I'm trying to figure out how to put this. I could say the same thing in a far less extreme manner, <laughs> basically. Like, uh -huh. for example, I think he was talking about like, I don't want to test everything, right? Or I don't test, I don't test everything, or I don't do, I don't do TDD. And I think that's normal for most developers and but I want to be a bit more specific about that is like if I'm getting into a new project and I really have 
no idea what I'm doing. Like, if I have no idea, like, I don't even know what I'm interacting with, what the objects, I have no, like, not even the faintest idea what I'm doing. Like, maybe I'll hack out a little thing to see what it looks like. In order for me to brainstorm what objects, how my system should look, like, I think about that more as brainstorming, and I don't TDD that at all. I just, like, write it out. I'm like, oh, okay, that's what it looks like. But then I throw that out. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, goodbye. Now it's time to write some tests for this. And then yep. I do, I go through the TDD process for doing that. And in that sense, yes, I don't, I mean, I guess I don't TDD, but I think the thing is, like, I do TDD all of the other things, but you can't do, you can't do everything to such 100% extremes. That's the way that I would have said it, and it is much less controversial. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. <laughs> what else? The keynote today was very good. I enjoyed that. It's very funny. Yeah. Uh, Yehuda's talk was also extremely good. The cognitive load thing is definitely very true with, like, I don't know, my decision-making skills, obviously, from this stupid really? form that sure. I had to fill out for my business license. But, yeah, I mean, the conference has been going very well. I've enjoyed the keynotes. Mm-hmm. I was surprised that DHH didn't mention anything new and for like mention Rails four one yeah. at all. Yeah. Do you want to talk about some of that stuff? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, I mean I to be honest, the only thing I know about that's in four one is the secrets.yaml file, but I actually don't remember what's in it. It's been so long. I mean I think we, we released four oh almost a year like well, maybe a little less than a year ago, but like we were working on four one stuff at the same time as the four oh branch was cut, so like I don't even remember what's in there. Huh. Gotcha. In fact, probably this time next year, I will not remember what adequate record is. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. So I'm going to call you out, actually, on something that you previously said. Okay. So last time we talked, we sort of made a case for uh, removing callbacks. Uh, and you're like, yeah, yeah totally. I love to do that. those things. Yeah. Um, but they'll probably never go away. Yeah. Mainly because we'll break everybody's code, and then they would not be super happy with us. Mm-hmm. Well, that's happened before, though, right? Like moving, pulling things out of Rails into like gems, and then saying if you want to keep this, you got to use the yeah, gem. Yeah, and... yeah. I think the key though is like for that particular thing would be convincing Basecamp not to use them, and I think that'd be an extremely hard sell, mm. uh, especially since like the topic itself is a very small, a very small topic that's easy for people to focus on. So I think it's a target that's ripe for like bike shedding. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So I I don't know. It seems like the friction would be difficult yeah. to get rid of them. It's interesting the degree to which the direction of Rails is influenced by like how's it being used in Basecamp? Are there features that are pulling in or out of there? Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's a thing. That is a thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. So cat names. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have them. You do. You make them. <laughs> I make them. Are, are we talking this, about this my is, cat? This is an audience-submitted question. Do Apparently. people have do people have cats that they need named? Because I'm I'm totally up for that. <laughs> Apparently, there's an interesting story behind your cat, your existing cat name. Oh, I guess so. We have two cats. One, his name is Gorbachev Puff Puff Thunderhorse the Third. He's the <laughs> he's the more famous of the two cats. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other cat, her name is uh, SeaTac Facebook YouTube something else, but we call her Choo Choo for short. Anyway, so Gorbachev, the way we got his name is we, we bought him from a Russian breeder, and he was a stud cat. People say that about me sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so he was a stud cat used for breeding other cats, and he was retired, so it was time to put him out to pasture. <laughs> and 
he was retired at three years old. <laughs> That's very young. Anyway, cat years. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Anyway, so we go like we go meet the woman to meet Gorbachev, future Gorbachev, and you know I'm like, oh my god, yes, he's adorable. We'll take him. Yes, take him. So buy him and and. My wife and I go out to the car, and I, you know, get into the car, and I turn to her, and I'm like, "Do you remember his name?" <laughs> and she's like, "No." <laughs> so um, his name was something in Russian, and we were like, "Okay, so now it has to be. It's either Gorbachev or Poroshki." So we went with Gorbachev, <laughs> and the rest of the names just kind of like sounded good together. Yeah, it just sounded good together. SeaTac, we bought her from a breeder that was in. A city named SeaTac, so we just—it was like very practical, very practical thing. The reason we got the second cat is because my wife was, I guess, jealous of the cat. But I, I don't know if that's the right emotion. Okay. She was concerned that I was hogging the cat all the time. <laughs> she's envious. Yes, of your, envious. Yeah, the cat. She's, she's like. Usage. I want to, you know, you're spending too much time with the cat, and it's not that I wasn't spending enough time with her, it's that she wanted to spend time with the cat. But of course, like, so she's shopping around for, you know, looking around for other cats, you know, and then I don't find out about her actual reason. She's like, oh, Gorbachev needs a friend. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I can get behind that. And then she doesn't t- clue me in on the real reason that we want another, or that she wants another cat until after we get the new cat. She needs a friend. Yes, she needs a friend. Oh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I am her friend. Come on. Apparently not. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Maybe you're just an adequate friend. Adequate, yeah. Again, shooting for the middle there. 50%. <laughs> it is the biggest part of the... Of the bell curve, yeah, yes. So Except that we don't, do si- we don't do science here. No, that's right. According to the allowed. first the first keynote, we do not do science. We do not approve of that. Mm-hmm. Act- okay, I actually have to go off on that. I think that's do it. completely ridiculous. Okay. So what are you refuting before you say this? Because like, people might Okay, yeah, yeah. So during DHH's talk, he said that you don't need to do science to be a web developer. Computer so, science. Yeah, you don't need to do computer science to be a web developer. And I think that's, okay, so that's probably true. Like, you don't need to know, you know, there's many things that I learned in computer science courses that I definitely don't use being a web developer. But you absolutely need to use science and have a scientific mind while you're doing this stuff. I mean, you have to do that. Like, if you want to make money, you need to use science. And and people might say, well, why is that, Aaron? Why would you need to use science in order to make money? Well, if you think about it, like, okay, I'm building a product. And it's beautiful. You know, I'm a code writer. Or I'm a, what is it? Yeah, code writer. Yeah, I'm a code writer. I'm sitting in my villa in Spain going, wow. <laughs> the way that curly brace lines up with the other curly brace, it's just magnificent. Take a sip of my Pinot while I'm doing this, <laughs> yeah, right? Of course, yeah. It's just, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I, actually, it's I mean, so readable. <laughs> yes, it's. <laughs> Uh, but the thing is, like, so you're building, you're, you're building this thing, and you need to study, like, you need to study it. Like, if your application isn't actually making you money, you need to figure out how to, like, how to adjust it in order to make money with that. Mm-hmm. Like, a very simple example is A-B testing. If we're not interested in science, why are we A-B testing? Mm. Right? Okay. I, I mean, there's things like that that just 
that kind of irks me. Mm. The other thing that bugs me is I don't actually think that's a good saying like, oh, science is not a good thing, is not, or we don't need to use science. I think it's a bad thing for someone on the Rails core team to say. I think it's a very bad thing. I would never say that. I would never say that because like we're trying to build this framework to help protect people from thinking about those particular problems, but we have to think about them. It's extremely important for us to think about those problems, mm. mainly so that other people can leverage the work, you know, leverage the work that we do. Mm-hmm. But you do need to think about that stuff when you're building applications. Like maybe not all of it. Like you know, I don't need my Nuth book to get throw out some HTML, but yeah. I mean, using critical thinking, like using the scientific method, it does actually seem important when you're building things. Yeah. It seems like a little bit like any anti-intellectualism, just yes. like a touch of that in there. Like, oh, this is, you know, that book learning is not, yes. you don't need it. Ah, uh, darn book learning. Let me tell you, I too, well, I don't know. No, he, he graduated from school. I totally dropped out of school. I am a, I am a college dropout, but Same. I still think that science is important. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Maybe that's why I'm not anti-book learning because I'm 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 book envious. Mm. <laughs> like you feel maybe it just yeah I'm like a little uh, inadequate. Uh, inadequate. Didn't quite finish. Yeah, exactly. I'm striving to be I'm striving to be adequate, but you're disadequate so far. Yeah. Yeah. What else should we talk about? I just love I love imagining like oh the beautiful rails code <laughs> <I was> writing. <laughs> I'm imagining you know that meme with the the cat in the suit sitting at the table reading the newspaper. Serious cat? Yes. No, 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 not serious. No, he's like... Oh, like the business cat? Yeah, he's like, ah, I should really write some code or something like that. Just... Or maybe like printing it out and sort of looking at it. Wow, look, you can really see the indentation there. The way way that the methods are indented below the private keyword. That's really beautiful like that. (laughs) That, Actually, that also kind of kills me because it's like... Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Right. Everybody says this, and mm-hmm. it's totally true. Like something that looks awesome today. And in fact, if you if you come to my keynote, unfortunately, your listeners will not get to see me because this is an audio program. Oh wait, no, but, we have a, we have a camera over here, but I'm not dressed crazy, which I will be dressed crazy. Excellent. But like, style changes over time. I mean, all like this stuff is very subjective. Right. It's it's so subjective. That was one of the things that got me was like David throws up two examples and like here's this version and this version is this clearer is this more readable is this better no it's not it's like well I mean that's what you think that's well that's just like your opinion forget, man don't forget science does not apply <laughs> boom <laughs> owned exactly actually I'm gonna bring up the test so the test case that he showed which was like okay we got we have a model and it has a I th- if I remember correctly it had a method on it that was like birth year question mark and then it was like okay inside the model it's like date dot today dot year equals equals uh, year which year is a value on the on the model and he's like oh well of course you know the we time shift you know we do like we set the date to globally set that date and then do the comparison whereas I don't remember who he said does this uh, anyway so people other people will like pass in the date as a parameter to birthday question mark mm-hmm. I have to call bullshit on that that's totally stupid all those objects when you when you have an object the object has to get allocated somehow it's created right now that person object was created with a year so why don't you just allocate a person object where the year is this year, 
and then test the method. Yeah. I mean, that, that interface was already defined. You already had exactly that interface. You could just pass the year into that and then test it exactly how it is. I see. And know, because the, the example that he was showing was basically modifying the code such that it would be easier to test. Right, injecting and, the date yeah, as opposed to stubbing the date. Yes, exactly. And you don't, you don't actually need to do that. Like, I think a lot of people say, like, oh, we, we just need to add these particular things to make testing easier. But I think that that, that particular example was a straw man for this case. Like, you can test those objects without manipulating it like that. Yeah. I mean, anyway, yes, I digress. Yeah, well, sort of. <laughs> yeah. There's also kind of like that combination of like, well, if, if you're making things more testable, it's always dependency injection, mm -hmm. is what it seemed like from that talk. It was like all the examples were like, oh, th this is more testable because now they use dependency injection. And it's kind of like mixing up the ideas like, if you want to make something more testable, you always inject dependencies. And making something more testable is the only reason you would inject dependencies. Yeah, Neither of which are true. Nope. I, so like two straw men simultaneously on that on that for, yes. for the price of one. Yes, exactly. Like so so okay. I'm going to admit something to your listeners. I don't know what DCI is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I I don't so, really know either. So uh, I don't use it. Well, at least I don't think when you say I. DCI. Are you talking? Dependency, dependency injection? injection. Yeah. I, well, okay. Dependency. I think DCA is something different. Actually, is it? Yeah. I don't know what either is. I don't use either. I have no idea. I don't use either of them. So what? Basically, don't you though? Don't you pass things into objects sometimes when you need to use something? Like imagine a a user charger. Like you want to charge somebody for an order, yeah. and you pass in like a payment gateway into a class that handles the charging. This is that's just programming though. This is just like. <laughs> I don't get it. I'm serious. <laughs> well, yeah, as long as you know what programming is, then, yeah, you know dependency injection. So, like, I just think about this, and I'm like, okay, well, my typical strategy is, like, okay, try to make the, the object easier to construct. Like, make your objects easier to construct, define a nice interface for it, and you should, like, you sh easy testing should fall out of that. I mean, anyway, yeah. <laughs> you had a thought on your, in your mind that you were just about to say. No, I don't. I don't think so. Just my eyes got a good workout. Okay, gotcha. My eye roll muscles got a good workout. Yeah. Uh, what else do you want to cover? I don't know. What should we cover? Do you want to take questions from the people that are sitting here? Yeah, sure. We have questions. Some of us are going to be gone at an airport, standing in a security line when you're giving your keynote. Do you want to give us a sneak peek? A sneak peek. So, ah, so yeah. we had a question about what's going to be in your keynote for people that can't actually go. Yeah, I suppose I can do that. I mean, this, since this is getting released after Don't worry, my, it's embargoed. Yeah, after my keynote. Uh, so basically, I'm going to start off with some jokes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a shock. <laughs> they will be extremely funny. <laughs> then I'm going to talk about some bugs and rails, just because, uh, for trolling purposes, mainly to say, like, oh, so this... It's obvious that we don't use science. <laughs> no, um, most of it's going to be about uh, adequate record, really. And the, just like the performance improvements that I put on this. This is like, I'm actually extremely excited about this keynote. And I'm, I'm sad because I hear a lot of people are leaving before my keynote. And I've had this idea in my head for or this optimization or refactoring in my head for about three years. Mm -hmm. And I've been working on it for three years like this talk is extremely important to me I'm, I'm presenting the final like 
I did it. Yeah. I've paid down technical debt for three freaking years to the point where now I can actually add this, add this performance improvement, and look how awesome it is. Mm. Why or was it how why, adequate it is? <laughs> <laughs> why is there so much technical debt to pay down? Why did it take so much work? Let me explain what the optimization is, uh, and then I think that will tell you exactly what the what the deal was with the technical debt. Basically, what it is is this optimization is an optimization on query generation and when I say query generation I'm specifically talking about the SQL string like that string that we send off to the database right mm -hmm. I'm just talking about that string and what the problem is is that so let's say you have oh, a model post and you say like post.find one just for example um, it used to be like if you looked at the SQL statement for that it would say like select star from posts where ID equals one, and the number one would be embedded into the into the string, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then the same thing, like if you did equals two, then we would have two embedded into the string. But if you look at those strings, like everything about that string is exactly the same, except for that particular ID, mm. right? And if that ID, if we could extract that ID from the string, then this entire process of generating the SQL statement would be exactly the same. Like, it would always result in exactly the same string that we sent to the database. And if you have a computation that always produces the same result, obviously we can catch that, mm -hmm. right? But that means that we have to take, that means we would have to alter the framework such that in every place where we add those dynamic strings to the queries, we have to extract those from the queries. And unfortunately, like, that stuff is like super in the guts of Rails. And you th might think, oh, maybe it's not because I always do like, oh, you know, post.find one or post.where blah dot where blah, and I'm passing those values in. But where it really like kills us is in um, associations. So I don't know if any of you have looked at the Rails Active Records Associations code, but it is a freaking mess. And it is like way down, a lot of it is way down in the guts of that, especially when it comes to like, uh, if you're using STI models. Mm. So if you look at the queries that are generated from an STI model, you'll see it's like, okay, you know, select star from blah, where the type equals some string, which is the class name that you're selecting. And that could be done way in the associations, and you're like, bah! it's way, the place in the code where the dynamic data is added is very far away from where the actual query is performed. Mm. Right, yep. so I had to refactor such that I could take that data, pull that out of you know a very deep call stack back into you know, somewhere near the database connection, such that I could send that off. Okay, so it wasn't that it was happening in a lot of places that needed to be changed. It was that it had to go through a lot of yeah calls. Yes, um, the places were fairly isolated. So like most, really most places where we're getting dynamic data is from users. So it would be like on your where calls and all that you know, those places, but these, the associations were really the killer part. Like, that, that code is just so hard. It's so hard to extract those, those ones. Mm. But I finally did it, so. You did it. Yes. So things are cleaner now. Mm. <laughs> uh, for certain values, actually, yeah. Oh, well, that's one of the things we can talk about that's in 4.1. I deleted has and belongs to many. Hmm. Entirely. <laughs> uh, well, let me explain that. So has and belongs to many still exists. Like you can still call has and belongs to many in your, in your model. But if you think about has and belongs to many, uh, the table structures are exactly the same as has many through. You have three tables, mm -hmm. right? Uh, it's just that 
In the case of hasn't belonged so many, you don't have a center a model in the middle, right? Mm -hmm. So what I did is I refactored it such that when you call hasn't belongs to many, it actually just generates an anonymous like an anonymous model in the center there that you never see. So the API looks exactly the same, and it should be 100% backwards compatible. If it is not, then please file bugs. I mean, it's it's totally a bug if it doesn't work exactly the same. And I wouldn't be surprised if there are bugs, because let me tell you the tests on that, this is obviously not TTT. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so now, now what it does in 4.1 is it says, okay, now we only have three types of associations now. We used to have four types. We would have belongs to, has many, has many through, and habitum. And now we only have three. So that helped reduce the complexity in the relation code so that we could you know, simplify that down. Nice. Is the hope that future improvements are now going to be easier as well? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Cool. Yep. I'm actually going to show this diff in my keynote. One of my f most favorite commits that I made is, like, we had a bunch of conditionals that are like, okay, if association type equals equals has and belongs to many, and this is, like, scattered throughout the code, mm. this one commit, I'm like, okay, delete those blocks, delete those blocks, and then there's no, it's all red, and there's, like, no green no green replacement and all the tests pass and I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> like that's one of those amazing pleasures that non programmers maybe can't understand is like yeah. the the joy of deleting a whole bunch of code. Oh it was amazing well it was amazing. I deleted like all the like the objects themselves, but actually my favorite parts were deleting those if statements because mm. it's like when you're programming, what really gets you down is the is branching code. Yeah. Like that's what that's what really like gives you mental overhead. And when mm -hmm. I could remove those if statements from that, it was just like yes, mm -hmm. yes. So and it makes the number of combinations you need to test go up, which then makes you say TDD sucks. Yes. I have to yeah. test all these things. Yeah, you might you might get the impression that maybe TDD is not a good thing if you <laughs> if right. you do stuff like that. Gotcha. But yeah. So that's my favorite non-feature of Rails 4.1, because I guess it's not, I mean... Big news, everything is the same. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, actually, I think, that's, I think that's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. The same but cleaner, for sure. I mean, I guess in 4.1 we have new stuff added to the gem file, uh, but I honestly can't think of any other features besides the secrets and file. People can look it up in the, you know, yeah. notes and whatnot. yeah. So each year I come to RailsConf and I get extremely paranoid before uh, DHH's keynote because I'm like, what crazy shit is going to land in Rails that I don't know about before the, you know, before the release, right? And I think, like, I'm always afraid every year we have to have, like, some new feature, some new feature. Like, I'm really afraid of stuff like that. And the main reason I'm afraid of stuff like that is I, I look at it I think many people look at it and they're like, oh, I've got a new bell or a new whistle that I can use in the, in the system. And I look at it and see, and I think, okay, how many years of technical debt have I just paid? Or am I going to have to pay now? Mm. Like that's, I look at that and I'm afraid of that stuff. And one of the points I want to make with my talk is like, I think that if I were to say to the audience, like, okay, um, we're going to go, we're going to be doing releases of Rails every year for the next three years. And... We're not going to add anything new. Mm -hmm. You're not going to see anything new, but we're just going to keep releasing year after year. But in three years, it's going to be two times faster. Mm. I think people would be okay with that. Yeah. I mean, plus one. Yeah. I like. I really think people would be okay with that. It's that like check marks on the matrix way of selling things. 
yeah. or like the the product description. It does it does everything, and now and plus this and plus, plus this, this yes. as the way of selling it. Yes, in my mind, it's like the eighty twenty rule, right? Rails does eighty percent of the stuff that I need to get a web app done, and I can get it done. I can get it done quickly. Like I don't understand why we have to reach you know ninety percent, ninety five percent. I feel like trying to go that extra twenty percent in our application is like. It introduces it introduces too much stuff like too much weight for because us. the last twenty percent is probably varies more than the first eighty percent yes, yes absolutely we have different twenty percent yes so that that twenty percent is going to be different from app to app mm-hmm. so one thing that I I was not very happy well I'm still not super happy with it is the asset pipeline but one thing that we we do need to look out for so I want to like basically give a counterpoint to myself contradict myself is basically like one thing that I do kind of like that we have is. The asset pipeline, I'm not super happy with the code, but I'm happy about with the fact that we have something for dealing with assets in production. Like, we have a thing. We all do this thing, so let's roll that thing. I don't know if anybody remembers what dealing with assets was like before the asset pipeline, but we basically all had different solutions for solving exactly the same problem, Mm -hmm. right? So it's nice that we can have a thing that we can all rally around and be like, okay, let's fix this. Exactly like Yehuda was talking about, is have a shared solution for fixing this particular thing. Mm-hmm. But I think we need to be careful and sort the wheat from the chaff, yep. just for example. Are we sure asset packaging is the thing, like, is that the thing that we all do that we need to do versus, I don't know, I can't think of other examples. Stuff that's too extremely base camp. Specific. <laughs> Can I say base camp on air? Is that okay? Yeah, I think so. That's fair use. As long as you don't mind being quoted that way. Yeah. Eh, whatever. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well, as always, it was awesome talking to you. I appreciate you coming by and yeah. saying that. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. So if you'd like to access show notes for this episode, you can go to thoughtbot.com slash giant robots slash 100. Thanks very much for listening. Woo! Thank you.